I'm just calling to see if you have any questions. Sellers try to sound more service-focused than desperate when they're asking. I, I think the sound of a hotel concierge is about right for the uh, for this performance. I made a note in my diary to follow up with you after you received the document and had just enough time to read it and formulate questions, but not so long that you completely forgot about me. Welcome to the Food for Thought Lunch Break with Steve Bookbinder podcast, the show that gives you things to think about when you're trying to make more sales without all the seriousness of conventional sales talks. Enjoy and learn as he makes fun of sales training, salespeople, and sales trainers, including himself, all while giving you battle-tested strategies that work. Now, here's your host, Steve Bookbinder. Hey, thanks for joining me on your break. I'm always looking for ways to get more sales easier. Turning your break into a coaching break is a great way for me to help you get more sales easier, too. Last week, we began a new topic, echo selling, the strategy of getting others to amplify your message. That is always a great thing for salespeople, except when they're getting the word out to avoid working with you. They'd never do that, right? Well, no, as long as you don't violate the number one sales rule. Don't be annoying. Customers, including salespeople, when they're buying and not selling, are hyper aware of annoying. And once a seller crosses that line into annoying, it's nearly impossible to claw your way back. Of course, no one sets out to be annoying deliberately, like moths who fly in your face. If we could interview them, I'm sure they'd have a perfectly logical reason why they keep flying into our eyes. But that won't save those annoying moths. We conclude they're annoying, and we're really not open to the idea of considering how the problem might be with us. If only we understood them better. It's not our job to better understand moths. If moths want to avoid our wrath in the form of a rolled-up magazine, they need to learn how not to annoy us. Obviously, I'm only exaggerating for effect. Let's not hurt the moths. Kindly let the moths out of your home by politely pointing out the door you've opened for their escape. If they had any sense at all, that may be all the help they need. Alternatively, if you are pressed for time and they're not leaving, consider using the magazine as part of your moth training. You can rationalize it this way. They had it coming. If they weren't so annoying, they'd still be fine. But I digress. Today, we'll review the classic example of moth selling, which is when sellers do things that immediately make the customer annoyed. We will discuss how the roots to being unintentionally annoying begin with seemingly innocent conversation starter questions. Then, I'll give you four action steps you can begin this week to replace annoying with helpful. As always, let's begin with today's question. What do salespeople do that makes others think they are annoying? The short answer is they begin the sales conversation with the wrong question. How can a question, any question, be wrong? It can when the question itself produces annoyance. 
There are many examples of this, but for today's coaching time, I want to focus on the three most common, most annoying sales questions. What keeps you up at night? If you had a magic wand? I'm just calling to see if you have any questions. When I'm done explaining this to you, you will never again ask those questions because you will replace them with much better questions, and you'll be too embarrassed to ask them. Let's start with the first one. What keeps you up at night? When I'm the customer, this one question, so popular among salespeople, is, to me, the number one at-risk signal that I'm talking to an annoying salesperson. If you are about to ask your next prospect what keeps you up at night, please pay attention. If you are a manager who recommends this question, please hear me out. If you're a manager who already knows not to ask this question and similarly annoying questions, please listen so that you learn how to prevent your team from spoiling all of your marketing and sales efforts by showcasing their annoyingness. If you are new to sales and looking for a great way to engage customers in a productive conversation and you're considering this question, Please join me as we explore this and other annoying conversation starters. Here's what's working against this question. If the question is so common that every seller is asking it, that guarantees it makes the next salesperson who asks that question sound very unoriginal and therefore unhelpful. If the question is new to the customer, they'll likely realize the question is a cheesy sales trap. That's not an innocent question. It's not personalized to that customer, unless the two have discussed in the past the customer's sleeping patterns. Real, authentic questions don't sound like that. The customer already knows their words are going to be used against them to support the seller's pitch, clearly. The seller assumes that something is keeping the customer up at night. All the seller needs is to hear any sleep-delaying or depriving reason so they can demonstrate their verbal gymnastic skill of connecting their business solution to the customer's sleeping problem. Ta-da! As a customer, I'm on to this trap. Let me let you in on the customer's thinking. My first thought, especially as an experienced trainer who's playing the buyer in this role play, is where is the unasked question, the question that should have been asked? Let me explain. If the seller were truly interested in connecting their solution to a relevant problem I may be currently facing, their question would be more specifically worded. For example, if they sell a solution that promises greater efficiency then a relevant question would be, we work with a lot of your counterparts who tell us that their biggest challenge is getting their team to be more efficient. Is that the same problem you face? Or words to that effect. Now, if the seller knew my business better and could be even more specific about the efficiency problem we probably face and they definitely solve, their question might sound like this. I work with many managers whose team has fewer than 12 people, like yours, scattered all over the globe, like yours, and they find that 
too many resources are applied to one project and not enough to others. Those managers usually tell us that operational efficiency would solve the problem, and they know they need greater efficiency, but they're unable to improve their team's efficiency. Can you tell me if improving efficiency is also your concern? Can you share what's working and what's not, or something like that? As a customer hearing those questions, I know, or at least suspect, that you, the salesperson, understand my concerns, or possibly understand my concerns. But in the absence of specifically worded questions, I'm guessing that the salesperson is deliberately asking vague questions about my business because they don't really understand my business, which is like 98% of the salespeople who don't know their customers' businesses, and they're not fooling anyone. Like a magic trick that depends on distracting the audience, the sleep question is a distraction. But, you argue, I'm taking the question too seriously, too literally. Really? Because what I'm thinking is, what keeps me up at night might actually not be any of the salesperson's business. If the customer were talking to their doctor, or life partner, or parent, or child, or best friend, that question would seem very appropriate or possibly appropriate. But when a salesperson, who was a total stranger a moment ago, begins an introductory conversation with a question more suitable for a medical doctor or a psychologist, the average customer believes the seller is trying to exaggerate the importance of their solution. Unless the customer is not average, like me. I'm easily annoyed and sarcastic. I'm an entrepreneur running a small company. I don't have enough time for anything except work, and I can't always get to everything I need. Cash flow can keep me up at night. So can the curse of looking back on your life and doubting previous choices. Like, why did I go into this career? Or maybe I should have agreed to a deal I previously rejected. Or wondering about loved ones and how I could possibly help them more. I might spend countless sleepless hours in bed thinking, should I talk to the doctor about why I keep waking up in the middle of the night? As a non-average customer, I may be up at night with those thoughts, but what has that to do with the seller's solution? Unless my salesperson is also an entrepreneur in my industry, why should I solicit their opinion about what I should be doing with my company? If I were curious about the salesperson's opinion about my sleep issues, wouldn't I, the customer, have broached the topic first? If I didn't specifically ask for their help, why do they think their unsolicited advice on this topic is welcome? The annoyingness of this question is best appreciated if you change the context from a sales meeting to a non-sales meeting between you and your neighbor. Imagine walking over to them and asking, Hey, tell me all of your problems, all of them. Don't leave any out. The reason I want you to do this is I want to sift through your answer. And then I'm going to give you my opinion. And when I'm done, we'll both be better off. Trust me. I don't know what's in it for you other than being in a position to hear my advice, albeit unsolicited advice. But let's see where that takes us. If you really greeted your new neighbor like that, they probably never talk to you again. Let's go back to our slowly simmering customer, play by me. 
If I really had a problem that kept me up at night, wouldn't I already know that I have a problem that keeps me up at night? It's not likely that the customer will say, you know, I never thought about the connection between my sleepless nights and solutions I could buy from salespeople. Now that you've raised that point, I'm all ears. If this problem which I know about and knew about long before I met the salesperson, is so bad, wouldn't I have attempted to find a solution? And if I looked for and found a solution, then the likely answer to what keeps you up at night is, well, I used to have this one thing, but after dedicating myself to finding a solution, I finally found a solution. And now, happily, I sleep well at night. If I've been up at night, but don't really feel the need to solve that problem, then talking about my sleeplessness is akin to asking, do you have anything that is kind of on your mind, not so much so that you're actively solving it, but it's somewhat on your radar, enough for you to recognize the problem? Why would I ever ask that question? How is that going to help either one of us? Well, now that you understand my thinking, Let's consider the next question. If you had a magic wand and could create a product or the service or the solution of your dreams, well, you know that question? Well, they don't have a magic wand. From the customer's point of view, I'm busy trying to run my own business. And now, because I have to imagine what I do with the magic wand, now I have to invent another business, a business that doesn't actually exist, but it could if I could leverage the power of a pretend magic wand. What? What difference does it make what a person would do magically? More relevant is, given that the person The customer doesn't have a magic wand and never will. What's their plan B? Ask the plan B question with a smile and you'll get a much more useful answer. And finally, every seller's go-to question when they're totally out of questions, when they don't know what to say, but they're still determined to follow up, they say, I'm just calling to see if you have any questions Sellers try to sound more service-focused than desperate when they're asking. I, I think the sound of a hotel concierge is about right for the uh, for this performance. I made a note in my diary to follow up with you after you received the document and had just enough time to read it and formulate questions, but not so long that you completely forgot about me. I'm just calling to see if you have any questions. As a customer, best case, I'm thinking... This person's heart is in the right place, but their brain is in the wrong place. Clearly, best case, the salesperson has to guess when I, the customer, have a question. Obviously, if I have a question, I'd know it first. And if I really was wondering about some question, then wouldn't I have called the salesperson? In fact, the more you think about it, the more you realize that My not calling the salesperson is the clearest signal the customer can send that, in fact, they don't have any questions. Therefore, the likely answer to this question is no, no questions, which is exactly what you already knew before you picked up the phone or sent the email or text. I call that question useless in that it doesn't further the sales conversations and only presents 
a tiny fraction of a chance that the customer will say, thanks for calling. As a matter of fact, I did have questions and literally didn't know what to do. It never dawned on me to ask you. That's not likely. A better question, and almost everything is a better question, is to bring up something new and ask about that. For example, the reason I'm following up is to ask you a question. I was assuming that you planned on coming to a decision quickly, but I wanted to double-check your decision timing. Well, isn't that what you really want to know? Here's a summary of today's coaching session. When you ask the questions that annoying salespeople ask, you, too, sound annoying, which alone will kill off any chance of echo-selling. Use your emotional intelligence to sense what impression you make in customers when you ask generic questions that are not personalized or logical. Consider what you really want to know and think about the clearest and most conversational and professional way to ask. Anticipate the full range of answers before you finish wordsmithing your question. Here are four actions you can take this week to be less annoying and more helpful. A. Think about replacement questions for the three big annoying questions that we analyzed today. Write them down, which will help you remember them. B. In advance of those real meetings, you may want to role-play practice with a coworker in order to help you anticipate all of the possible answers, enabling you to optimize your wording of the questions in real meetings. C. You are going to ask the customer a question rather than ask if they have questions. So practice the art of research so you can reference something that makes you sound like an insider. D. Continue to learn how to question your own choice of questions by scheduling time for our next lunchtime break coaching session. Over the next few weeks, we'll alternate between talking about echo selling with interviews with sales and digital marketing leaders. Until next time, remember, I'm Steve Bookbinder, your sales coach. Please connect with me on LinkedIn and check out our free playbooks and our training and coaching offerings on dmtraining.net. And contact me as soon as possible. If I can help your team get more sales or I can help you have a more successful sales career. Thank you for listening to Food for Thought. To get your free sales playbook, visit dmtraining.net forward slash podcast. And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of Steve's jokes and helpful resources. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.